0: Hi, I'm Arlen Walker, and I'm live from Pelham's Wasteland. And today I have another kind of uh, rambly episode for you guys. I've got a call-in from Colin Green to respond to. I've got some thoughts after playing another session of Jason Hobbs' Midlands LFG game. A couple of things that I didn't mention in the the main overview that I was thinking about afterwards. And, um, yeah, just in general, it's... Uh, Oh, and I wanted to talk about how the Mutants and Masterminds game went. So, yeah, I've got just a, kind of an assortment of things that have gone on in my gaming life to, to tell you about. Hey, Arlen, man. Um, this is a bit of a callback to your episode um we're just talking about some of the trials and tribulations that you're having at the minute man and uh I'm sorry to hear about the difficulties with your your relationship and uh you know so, some of the talk about depression and one thing and another but I tell you what that episode uh, despite despite the bad news ghostbuster gnomes oh mate that brought a massive smile to my face i thought i think that sounds like a really cool idea and um I've been been thinking about it ever since you mentioned it anyway hope you will take care so that is a man who needs no introduction you all know legendary anchorite right, colin spike pit green um thanks for the kind words colin i'm um, yeah everybody has been super supportive about kind of trials and tribulations as you put it the sort of negative stuff that has gone on in my uh real life type setup and uh you know that's been really nice everybody being really supportive um just in general um it's it's getting better uh, things are kind of settling down for me and uh getting into a routine is nice and all that sort of stuff so i think things are pretty good um at this point um As far as Ghostbuster Gnomes go, I cannot take credit for that. That is all Kevin Madison of Dungeon Musings and his Flying City of Serene adaptation for The Barrow Maze. Um, He came up with, he was doing a thing for... uh, Carl Sargent, I think, is the name, a guy who passed away. One of the things he did was this Flying City of Serene, and he also did kind of parapsychology stuff, is my understanding. He very much before my time. Um, And so, the Flying City of Serene, full of gnomes, got an edition of. I can't remember all of the the sort of punny names that Kevin came up for each of the ghostbuster gnomes, but, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty fun, pretty silly in, in our current iteration of Barrow Maze playing Pathfinder two, we are going to go back to Serene. Serene has kind of fallen on hard times and is sort of slipping into like fantasy fascism kind of, um, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the last episode, but we are supposed to go back and rescue the Ghostbusters, the Ghost Ghost Hunters, or whatever they're called, the gnomes. Um, and... Uh, we actually haven't played that ever since getting that quest basically, because we keep doing other things. So we, we did a session of city of mist and then we did a session of champions and then we did a session of doctor who, and then we started this two part pulp Cthulhu kind of double feature thing just last night, um, so we haven't gotten back to Serene yet, but it is going to be a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm i really glad that the Ghostbuster Gnomes brought a smile to your face. Um, that That's cool. I, I feel sad that I can't take credit for it. Um, but, I mean, you know, Kevin, creative guy. He's coming up with all sorts of silly things, like the Ghostbuster Gnomes. So one of the things I wanted to talk about in my sort of audio journal element of the podcast is that on Monday I played another session of low fantasy gaming in Jason Hobbs's version of the Midlands. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, had some, had a bunch of technical difficulties at the beginning, which is, it's not anybody's fault. And it happens kind of makes it uh, a little hard to get up and going, but I think once we got up going, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm glad that we stuck with it. it. It's always, I mean, I think every time that there's technical issues, it's kind of easy to say, "Oh well, maybe this, maybe tonight's not the night. Maybe we should just back off." Um, but you know, we we persevered and had fun, and that's good. That's you know, and that's the right. I think I think that's an important kind of mentality to inspire to encourage to to you know stick with it um try to keep 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 the things going keep the good stuff working the way it's supposed to work um anyway um but one of the things that happened is that an enemy attacker attacking with a light axe rolled a natural 19 to hit me which um, caused me to roll on the injuries table, which almost caused me to permanently lose a hand for my character. Um, And then we ruled that using the shield block function, I could block that hit and not lose the hand. Um, But it really, it kind of brought back, not necessarily, even if the system isn't, quite as lethal as some osr games and i don't think it is quite as lethal because you have if you have pretty good constitution you have pretty good chance of not being all dead when you hit zero unlike some games where it's just you hit zero and you're dead um but you have pretty good odds of not being all dead especially since you can use reroll pools on the constitution checks to not be all dead when you hit zero hit points um the injuries can definitely <laughs> whittle down a character to the point where you just can't keep playing that character. And especially if, you know, an injury triggers on a roll of a 19, there's a 5% chance with every single attack that you're going to have to roll on that injury table if they're using weapons that trigger injuries. Um, you know, that's that's pretty dangerous. That That, to me feels a lot more kind of high danger sword and sorcery than a lot of hit point systems do. Um, And I, I don't know that I wish that it was different, but I think it would be interesting to see games. I think it's interesting to see games where instead of having hit points, you just have an injury system where basically it's like, Oh, instead of tracking down the hit points, you just have injuries that you take and they, add up from different hits. Um, I know Zweihander does that. Mutants and Masterminds does something a little similar where you add up injury um, points essentially every time you take a successful hit. Um, Blade of the Iron Throne is the one that I'm thinking of and the the Riddle of Steel likes that um, I think do a really good job of having a... I mean, it's definitely a death spiral. And that's that's sort of the thing, is that a lot of injury systems, I think, naturally end up resolving like a death spiral. Um, but dare I suggest that death spirals are kind of realistic? I mean, I think they are. Are they fun? I don't know. It kind of depends on the group that you play with. But specifically... Um, I'm thinking about the way that in that system and in the other Riddle of Steel systems, you just don't have hit points. You you take certain levels of injury based on how tough you are and how bad the hit was. And um, that can really, you know, harm your character's ability to continue operating. Um, I think Song of... Not Song of Swords. Sword and Scoundrel does a really natural version of this where basically if you take a certain level... Of injury, your target numbers all increase, and on a D six, that increase by one is a pretty big deal. So, increasing from a three to a four means that instead of having a two thirds success chance on every die, you only have a one half success chance on every die, um, which is a pretty big deal, right? That's a a pretty serious um, limitation in terms of your character being able to function, which I think is designed to get you into a slightly different mentality. It's a take prisoners mentality. And I think that's something that is missing from some RPG games, is that some some games don't really have a real incentive to take prisoners or to let yourself be taken prisoner. Versus I really like the idea that, you know not everybody's fighting to the death and so there will be morale lost and there'll be people that flee enemies and perhaps allies that flee there'll be all sorts of situations like that and also that um taking prisoners would be a thing cuz i think that's i don't know there, there's something about the taking prisoner element that I think gets lost sometimes in some RPGs especially if you're mostly fighting monsters you don't really take monsters prisoner and you wouldn't be taken prisoner by most monsters Um, but taking prisoners is more interesting than just dying outright so I don't know I'm trying to think about what would make for a a good system what would be a good way to to think about it, and I don't know. Um, anyway, um, what I was getting at was that 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 almost losing my character's hand, Borgar almost lost his hand. Um, that was a really kind of eye-opening experience in terms of how deadly, without actually dying without actually taking hit point damage how deadly and combat could be in low fantasy gaming and i think did in some ways a better job of showing off the deadliness than me going down twice and having to roll on the injury table and both times i rolled pretty well so the injury wasn't that bad Uh, this time i rolled poorly so the injury was really bad and it was you know just in the middle of combat. I mean, I still had lots of hit points left. Was the thing. So, yeah, that was that was pretty good. It was fun. It's Low Fantasy Gaming. It's a quality game. You should you should go go get Low Fantasy Gaming Deluxe from Drive RPG and support their Kickstarter because they've got a Low Fantasy Gaming Companion that's either still on Kickstarter or was just kickstarted. Um, yeah, quality game. Go go check it out. Which I'm sure you already have because a number of you are here from Pickpocket Press uh, pimping my uh, overview of low fancy gaming. But um, yeah, that's, uh, I I think it's pretty cool. So the other game that I played recently that was um, fun, it was an interesting experiment, was my experiment with mutants and masterminds playing sword and sorcery and it worked all right i actually had a lot of fun i think mutants and masterminds is a really fun game to gm actually um there are a couple of games that i find really fun to gm um and it's it's one of them it so one ring is definitely one, the pin dragon pin dragon and paladin are another that are really fun to GM mutes and masterminds. It's just a, it's really light on its feet and it's easy to, to work with. And it it's a, a fun system to GM. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the perfect system for all the players. And, and the players kind of generally agreed that the, the, Session that we played was fun, but it didn't quite work the way they were expecting. It wasn't quite how they were expecting. I, I actually think that in a lot of ways it was closer to kind of Howardian heroics than some of the other sessions that we've had. Um, but I understand if that's not what they were expecting, if they were kind of used to the way that the Pathfinder characters worked, that they would not be, they would be kind of caught off guard by the way that the characters worked as mutants and masterminds, um, characters. Um, but anyway, it was, was pretty fun. Um, I had a great time. We played this, this, um, Based on another somebody else's adventure, but basically my version of that adventure, which was um the children of Nwangazal in the original adventure, The Children of Nwangazal is a kind of like shapeshifty werewolf style uh investigation almost that you you're trying to figure out who is turning into this like half panther thing um in my version it was just Zal was just a, a sort of demigod of the jungle and the players went out to kill it um, basically the story is players arrive with uh, to help defend this zagai fort that's up on the hill above the beach they arrive at the beach on the boat And there's a bunch of these people called the Emotakuni, the the children of Nuangazal. They're fighting. They fight them, drive them off. They go up to the fort. They find out about Nuangazal. They go off into the jungle. The leader of the fort goes with them. They find the temple of Nuangazal. The leader goes in first and gets killed. They fight the avatar of Nuangazal and kill it. They head back, they find out that, oh, because the leader died, they're going to have to abandon the fort anyway, and they leave. Um, And the idea is it's sort of thematically, I think one of the ideas that I I was trying to get at was this idea of, um, it seems to me that sword and sorcery has a place for, um, for, fate to work a little differently than it does in a lot of kind of higher fantasy systems. Um, The, the sense that you are, Rather than ennobled by your fate, you are limited by your fate, I think works better in sword and sorcery. Um, not that there's a whole lot of fate in a lot of sword and sorcery, but it, particularly in like in a lot of high fantasy, it's, oh, you're the chosen one. You have all this power and special stuff, and that in sword and sorcery and kind of lower fantasy stories, you can sort of say, well, no, you you are bound by fate by circumstance by all these limitations and those are uh, unassailable um and and tying that in with this kind of sense of kind of colonialism the players are sort of the bad guys in this one because they're i mean they're attacking nuangazal and Nwangazal seems to be this kind of abomination thing but they're also supporting the zagite colonial forces and slavers who are there to exploit the land and its resources and it's complicated um kind of interesting i don't think i did a great job bringing any of that out I, i also honestly we had uh i think too many players for that um I'm not sure what I'm going to do about the number of players. Um, One thing to do is that I could just say, okay, we're going to play simpler systems for a while because that helps in general. Um, And we could try something like barbarians of Lemuria, but I, I don't know. I'm a little worried that I have become a, a victim of my own success with six players online. Six players is kind of a lot to manage. Um, hard to make sure that everybody gets their chance to to have their say and do their thing and all that sort of stuff with six players, not around a table. I think around a table, it would be a little easier, but online where you can really only have one person talking at once because you only have one audio channel. um, It's a little harder to manage that many players. Um, So I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do. I may end up trying to figure out how to split the groups into split the group into two or something like that. I may try something else. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I'm definitely not going to ask anybody to leave without giving them another option. Um, so if anybody, if any of my players are listening to this, don't worry. Um, I'm going to figure out something so that we can play stuff together. Um, (sighs) <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what to do about having six players um, because, like I said, it's a lot. It's it's kind of a a big big group, and it, I think it impeded mutants and masterminds working the way I wanted it to work. Partly because the adversary Noongazal is a, supposed to be a big tough boss, and was a pretty Big tough boss, but wasn't as big and tough as it was supposed to be. The way it would have been for two or three, right? For two or three players, they would have really had to work hard at fighting together and using all their resources to take down all With six of them, they didn't they didn't really have to do that. It's, I think, harder to effectively... And I could have had, oh, Nguyen has a twin. There are two of them. Or something like that. Um, I guess they didn't technically know if Nguyen was a a single entity or a group or whatever. Um, But that felt kind of cheap. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I... um, I'm not entirely sure. I do think it, I don't know if, I kind of want to try it again. Um, It, according to the players, didn't quite work how they expected. I definitely want to play more Mutants and Masterminds because it's a really good game, I think. I think it's just really well built, really well put together, just to... A solid game, um, and it's really easy to play, especially online, where the dice roller does all the math for you and stuff. Um, yeah, I really want to play more Mutants and Masterminds. Um, I'm not entirely sure that I did the best job I could of of selling the system in terms of what I wanted from. It. I think I could have done a better job of being clear about my expectations towards the players um, in terms of what I, what I expected this game to look like. Um, As far as other things we're going to play, I think we're going to do another session of Pathfinder two next week. Um, I'm not entirely sure about that. We definitely have to try barbarians of Lemuria at some point. I've kind of, and I think that also might be a good solution in terms of getting all of the players to be able to play because Barbarians of Lemuria is so light on its feet that um, I think it might work better in terms of having six players that we could actually have six players all contribute together if we had um a system more like Barbarians of Lemuria that was lighter than as, as opposed to kind of Pathfinder or even Mutants and Masterminds. I think Mutants and Masterminds, Mutants and Masterminds, is a pretty light system when you get down to it. But um, trying to learn the rules at the same time and not having built the characters, there wouldn't really be a good way to get them to build their characters and play the session. But if they had built their characters, they would have known about all their advantages and all their special abilities. Um, and that would have worked well for having only three, uh, if I I feel like mutants and masterminds, the thing to do is to say, okay, you have to learn the system well enough to build your characters. Um, And just have that be part of the expectation for the next time that I play, and maybe you know I've been talking about things to do as, um, uh, what you might call it, as play by post. Mutants and Masterminds, despite the reaction rolls on toughness saves, maybe Mutants and Masterminds is a, a contender because I think you could do a lot of really good. Um, the problem is how many roles you need to do in combat, but in a lot of other situations and even in combat, you could do a lot of description in terms of what's going on and, and expect the players you could say like, okay, player, uh, Here's his parry DC roll your attack and then describe what happens as you hit. And then I'm going to roll toughness to see if he is actually, uh, stunned by this or not. I don't know. I think that would be, I don't know. That's a, an idea. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I'm I'm rambling at this point, so I think I'm going to cut it off here. I like Means and Masterminds. The experiment didn't quite work the way I expected it to or the way I wanted it, or the way I would have liked it to. Um, but that's okay. I think it's still a really good system. Uh, it would be fun to play it. Um, I think that the thing to do is... to try Barbarians of Lemuria sometime with the Pathfinder guys, with the War Dogs of Zoth. Um, and some other, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about other systems, other ideas, what else, what other sword and sorcery things would work. Barbarians of Lemuria is the one that stands out, but, you know, kind of Mithras or Open Quest, both of those I think would work pretty well um I don't think I'm going to try them with GURPS I might I don't know I might even try modified a modified version of Conan 2d20 to build the rebuild the characters in that and um yeah I don't know I'm thinking. I've got, got a lot of ideas in my head, and I'm not entirely sure where they're all going to go or what we're going to do with all of them. Um, one, one of the players suggested Feng Shui 2 versions of these characters, and I thought, that sounds awesome. So that'll definitely have to be on the schedule sometime. Feng Shui 2 versions of these characters would be super fun. Um, so yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. Rambling, rambling about games—that's what I do. Um, so I think we are on to the outro. So that's it. That's the episode. That's the whole thing. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, I am at cows from Powis on Twitter. I am uh, Walker or Arlen Walker on a bunch of Discords. I am obviously here on Anchor at Live from Pelton's Wasteland. Um, yeah, if uh, you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to get into a play-by-post game that might be organizing soon, let me know and I will uh, figure that out. Um, yeah, let's... Uh, so, yeah. Um, I've been Arlen Walker. I've been live from Pelham's Wasteland. I will see you next time. Take care, everybody.